0: Now, if you missed last week you're going to want to go get caught up because we started a rewind of one of my signature events right here in my podcast community i decided to do this because we have such phenomenal conversations when these guests grace the virtual stage i'm talking about couples love week which is a denise taylor.live signature event that i host twice a year i am playing back the incredible conversations that I recently had with the couples who took part in Couples Love Week, Ride or Die Season. Last week, we met with the Burns, and this week, we have an incredible couple who is going to come and talk with us about their love relationship and how it has blossomed. I believe that the New Kirks will be a blessing to you. Now, last week, I also shared that I am the founder of the First Wives Club. It is a community that I started in November of 2019. It's the place where women come together, women who are in love relationships and who want to win at love. One of the things that I say often is I want you to thrive as the woman in his life. This community is about encouraging you to stay with your relationship and helping you navigate those hard times. I also shared that in addition to my success superpowers, I have the relationship superpowers. And that is what I try to emphasize in the First Wives Club community. But get this, One of the things that blows my mind about the First Wives Club community is it started with like eight people and it has now grown internationally with over 1300 women committed to understanding more about how to be The priority, not just for themselves, but for their family. Listen to these countries where we are making connection. Kenya, Nigeria, the UK, Canada, South Africa, Ghana, Philippines, Saudi Arabia, Trinidad and Tobago, Singapore, St. Martin, the Bahamas, Malaysia, Italy, Mexico, Indonesia, Japan, Australia, and Sri Lanka. And this list is old because new countries have been added. What a blessing. Now, I also talked about how, in addition to the success superpowers, I have the relationship superpowers. We unpacked relationship superpower number one last week, and here is number two. Number two is make it about us, not me. You see, one of the things that we struggle with, especially as women, is this strong sense of independence, this strong sense of making it about ourselves. Now, hear me loud and clear. I named the First Wives Club that because we deserve to be prioritized. But when it comes to walking out Your relationship, it is important to keep the relationship the priority. When difficulties come, and they will, you have to think in terms of us and we and not just me. What is best for us? What is needed for us? What can help us? And when you shift your mindset, You will begin to see solutions and answers that work for the benefit of you both and not just you. Now, will that cause for compromise? It absolutely will. But healthy conflict resolution is a strong necessity because conflicts will come. The one thing I know I often remind myself is I am committed to Team Taylor. And therefore, if I can get us back to that, then I can get not only myself focused there, but I can get both of us focused there. What's best for us? So that's relationship superpower number two. And as we get into our conversation with the Kirks today, I want you to listen for examples where you see that exemplified. And I also want you to think about your own life and how you may need to make it about us and not just me. Let's get into it. Why, thank you for tuning in. It's Denise. And I have to say, love is in the air. We recently celebrated Ride or Die season as a part of my signature DeniseTaylor.live event, Couples Love Week. Twice a year, we go deep on love, relationship, and winning together with five featured couples. And recently, we talked with those ride-or-die couples anchoring in on faith, love, family, commitment, and trust. Today's Rewind episode features night number two of that live event. You can't be a ride-or-die unless you have love a strong feeling of affection and concern towards another person. Love is a whole lot of powerful things, and it's shown in many powerful ways. But at its core, love is sacrifice. This is why it feels like work. Love is demanding and requires forgiveness. And love is the hardest when we must get past our hurt, and surrender to what love needs to thrive. Rodney and Crystal Newkirk share a lovely love again story. Opening ourselves to love after we've tried and it didn't work is not easy, but love can certainly be worth it if we allow ourselves to be vulnerable enough to try again. We'll discover more about the power of love and their relationship success As we tap into their journey of growing together. And so I want us to jump in. I want to invite the new Kirk's to the virtual stage. Now I will tell you, they have been making sure that that look was right and tight. They wanted to make sure the camera had the right angle and was showing all that good beauty. I love their smiles and even more what attracted to me to being able to offer them the opportunity to be a part is how they love one another out loud. As a definition, love is a strong feeling of affection and concern towards one another. And if you follow him or if you follow her, that is what you're going to see. Strong affection and concern, support, partnership from the two of them with one another. And I knew when it was time to go deep on love that I needed to see if it was possible to bring the new Kirk's to the stage. And I was elated when they said yes. So I want to welcome you guys to the Couples Love Week, Ride or Die, Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Happiness. Look, you got the full package welcome tonight. So thank you so much for saying yes.
1: Our pleasure. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you so much for this opportunity. Yes,
0: absolutely. Now they looking real innocent, but look, let me tell y'all. When we did our little sound check earlier, she was sitting there by himself and he slid in and her whole demeanor changed. It was as if her boo had arrived on the scene and she knew everything was going to be all right. And that is what I love. I see that in them often as I just kind of watch from afar. And I know that that has to be genuine. And that's what I wanted us to go in a little bit more on tonight. So let me just say this. It is a tradition, Rodney, for the man to introduce his wife as a part of Couples Love Week. So we lead in with you. Now, this is a chance for you to love on her with your words and get her all booed up and ready for you. So please do us the honor of introducing your beautiful wife.
2: I sure will. Thank you again, Denise, for having us. Uh, It's such a pleasure to be able to come and talk about our love With that being said, uh, this is my lovely wife, uh, who's been my ride or die for the last 12 years, um, who is also my business partner, uh, who is also, of course, my lover lover. Um, This is my wife, Crystal Newkirk. Oh,
0: that's beautiful. That is so beautiful. Now, Crystal, you can give the love in return. Do us the honor and introduce your handsome husband.
1: Again, Denise, thank you for the opportunity to grace your stage. It is definitely an honor. So, good evening, everyone. I will. I have the honor of introducing my best friend, my business partner, my love, lover, my ride or die, Mr. Rodney T.
0: Newkirk. Yeah, that's all right I love it I love it I love it thank you both for being here and thank you for being willing to share your story with me I don't take that lightly and I consider it an honor as well now I believe in every love story there is a moment now y'all love story is unique but I believe in every love story there is a moment when you know that person is the one so Rodney do me a favor Tell us about the moment when you knew it was love and you wanted to spend the rest of your life with Crystal.
2: I sure will uh, tell it all the time, but I look forward to sharing this now. Um, I knew uh, Crystal was for me when God revealed her identity to me. And what I mean by that is Uh, Crystal and I were introduced not in the non-traditional way. We didn't meet in church. We didn't meet at a club. We didn't even meet in a grocery store. We didn't meet online. uh, We didn't meet in any of those arenas. Uh, I was actually introduced to Crystal by her mom and I had a mutual friend and the mutual friend and her mom introduced us. And after speaking with Crystal, uh, for the first 30 days without no pictures or anything exchanged, within the three weeks, um, I had a revelation where God ID'd her and showed me her identification. And I remember coming on at the time I was residing in Las Vegas, and I was doing a project in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I remember coming in from work because I had been working nights, shift, and I remember coming in from work, and I got this word of proverb. Uh, or the Proverbs 31 woman, mm-hmm. the virtuous woman. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I couldn't wait to get into my hotel room and open the Bible because I was familiar with the scripture. Mm-hmm. But it was at that time that God went from a logos written word mm-hmm. about a virtuous woman to a rainbow word mm-hmm. in my life. And I deed her and showed me this is who Crystal was. Mm-hmm. And I had not even seen her yet. But I saw her in scripture. Mm -hmm. And as I couldn't, because Proverbs 31 10 said, who can find a virtuous woman? Mm -hmm. And once I begin to uh, open up to that, uh, over the last 12 years, the manifestation of a virtuous woman continues to come out Mm -hmm. in her. I knew then that night, three weeks in, oh, I'm going to marry her. Oh, wow. And I knew then that she was the one. She didn't know it. But I was coming for and I couldn't believe she was still on the shelf of life as a single woman. So uh, I didn't hesitate, but I I knew within three weeks of having just a conversation with her that I would marry her for sure.
0: You know what I found beautiful in what you said and you said it so easily is that Mm -hmm. you saw her in scripture. That to me is a very priceless phrase. I saw her in scripture. When you talk about the Proverbs 31 woman, that babe got it going on. Okay. She really has it going on. I mean, that is the mark of a true boss, if there ever was one, is someone who could navigate things along that line. And so for God to give you the revelation of that scripture and for him to affirm for you that that was her you were seeing and for you to do one thing which i love talking about which is obey right away right so when you knew That's she good. was the one you didn't hesitate you didn't delay you even wanted to tell to yourself how could she still possibly be available? But God has yes. her set up for you. And that to me is remarkable. You know, yes. I just want to play back just in case anybody missed it. This was a setup for mom. And it sounded like she had a, a cohort that was in there with her on this setup. Now, as I understand the story and I'm gonna have Crystal help me out. But as I understand the story, you all were introduced you did not see one another for the first 30 days. Is that correct?
2: Correct. You That's all correct.
0: talk to one another on the phone at the recommendation. We're gonna just stick with mom. At the recommendation of mom, we talked on the phone for 30 days, and what I believe is so beautiful about that is that your hearts begin to knit together in a way that kept lust. And it kept eyes and it kept all of those other things out of the picture. And that to me aligns with when I said, when you said, I see, I saw her in scripture, you know, because you began to hear her say the things that you were looking for and them resonate with your spirit. That was beautiful. Now, Krista, I'm sure I butchered and left a whole lot out of that love story. So now tell me from your vantage point, What would you add to it?
1: Thank you. Um, What I would add to that is that after Rodney shared with me what Holy Spirit had revealed to him, he not only could use the scriptures, but he could also tell me about me. Because he had not met me in person, it must have been revealed by the Holy Spirit. So that's three weeks in. We did not meet in person until 30 days. So within 30 days, we met in person um, at a mutual location. And once we met in person, you know, I'm still a girl. My first thing when I'm leaving, like, oh, my gosh, does he like me? (laughs) I mean, you know, because chemistry has to be there. We know that it's important um, once you get past, you know, in addition to the spiritual. So we met in person within 30 days. And after that day, the next day, Rodney asked me for a commitment to get to know me. Yeah, and that was special. Six months, we were married. And the reason why we decided to marry is because we both had, and I'm sure we'll talk about this further, but we had a non-negotiables. I had four non-negotiables. Rodney had his non-negotiable list. We aligned with that. So one of the things that Rodney asked me to do, well, not ask, he was reading a book by T.D. Jakes. um, And he started one evening just um, reading the book to me and telling me about how that aligns with us. Babe, do you remember the name of that book?
2: Yes, Reposition Yourself. Uh, living your life to the fullest by TDJ. I remember it very well. (laughs) Yes. So I didn't remember So
1: he, um, but he started reading the book to me and I'm like, what's the title of that? Anyone that knows me knows I am type A personality. So he's reading the book, but me, I want to read it myself. So I said, what's the name of this book? That evening, that next day, I purchased the book, start reading it to make sure that I had the understanding. So we did, we knew that the relationship was an investment, However, what we did not want to do is we didn't want to date like we did not know God. Mm. And we did not. Let me say that again. Wait a
0: minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. on. Because I Mm -hmm. want you to unpack that for me. (laughs) You said we did not date like we did not know God. Tell me what that means.
1: Yes, because we both have been married before and. And, and our spiritual walk was a daily relationship. Everyone that knew us was aware of our spiritual relationship with God. We invested. So when one of the, the non-negotiables was the spiritual intimacy, Rodney was married to God and I was already married to God. Mm-hmm. So we were inviting each other into our marriage to God. Mm-hmm. So therefore, we did not want to date each other like we didn't know who Jesus was and what he had done in our lives. So we made a a decision, an investment to get married and within six months, knowing that we didn't have all the answers, but we had Jesus, we had our non-negotiables, we had wise counsels. And from that, we felt like we made the best decision because we were still living a life that God would get glory from.
0: Wow. That was incredible. Now here, here is what I want you to know. Um, the first thing is this is day two, and that that phrase non-negotiable came up last night. So that to me is very powerful because it came up last night. Now, I want you to also know I'm nosy, right? So I want to know what were the non-negotiables that you had. And the reason why I think this is important, And this has really come up. This is my third season of couples love week. So I have talked to a number of couples in this format and a number of them are telling me about them having, I don't want to call it a list, but they got some non-negotiables like you're saying. And so there is something to that. And so tell me what your non-negotiables were. We're happy to share that.
1: So our number one non-negotiable, where my number one non-negotiable was spiritual intimacy. I wanted someone that was already married to God. So not just, not just saved. I need to see the fruit of the relationship. And for Rodney and I, we both are believers in a sense that we wanted someone that was already filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence speaking in tongues. I don't want to have to go and train you, tell you why that's important. I want you to already know that. And then number two, we believed in tithing. So we needed someone that that was already there. So that's a step further than I just got saved. And I'm still trying to decide where I needed someone that was already battle proven and had and walking in that. Mm-hmm. That's that's all. Number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is that I know what I'm called to do. So, again, in my book, which we'll talk about later, is as a woman knows herself and self intimacy, know, love yourself, know yourself. Spiritual intimacy is knowing what you're called to do. I knew my purpose is not to finance the kingdom of God. I'm called to be a financial dominator. Mm-hmm. So I need a man that's not a nine-to-five, not knocking it, but someone that understands that they're called alongside with me, that we're partnering together to
0: finance the listen, kingdom of God. Listen, 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 listen. You about to preach out here, but I'm loving all of this. I am loving all of it. So we're
1: still just on number two, and that is I needed an entrepreneur spirit, someone with strong business acumen. And so that was number two. And then thirdly, I needed someone that, um, that knew their purpose, and we had purpose alignment. Then an entrepreneur, but also aligned with God, with their purpose. And then fourth was the physical. Not just that we had mutual attraction, but someone that took care of their body. Someone health and fitness is very important to us. So, again, I needed someone that understood there was that physical connection, even though we had not met in in person, but also that they believe in taking care of their body. Because when you're called to do the work of the ministry, your body and your physical is very important in that process. So, those are four.
0: Okay. All right. Your four was like 10, but that's okay.
2: Because you (laughs) had
0: some long and. She
2: was, she was tough now. She thought she was tough. Because she had somebody that couldn't handle it. So I was, yeah, it was it was very similar. Yeah.
0: Yes. And so what I like about everything you said, and Rodney, I'm not gonna let you off the hook talking about mine was similar. You're gonna have to tell me what they were, but what I like <laughs> okay. about what you said is establishing expectation, right, is the key and honoring the expectation you have is just as important in the process. Here's the reason. If you are a kingdom dominator, and oh my God, I love that phrase. If you are a kingdom dominator and he can't understand and you got to come off your kingdom dominating post to try to help him understand why this is important, that's going to disrupt your relationship. If you are a tither and he doesn't understand the principle of tithing, that's going to impact your relationship. And you can go line by line by line. What happens sometimes in relationships, and I don't mean that we can't tarry, and I don't mean that we can't grow. What I hear you saying is what was necessary for you, okay? And so understanding what was necessary for you was key, because then you don't necessarily have to waste time if you already see evidence that it's not going to measure up. Now, I'm not telling anybody to just replicate your list, but I am an advocate For you understanding, each of us understanding what's important to us in establishing our expectations accordingly. Okay, now, Rodney, I'm not going to let you just fly under the radar. You got to let me know, what was your non-negotiables? Well,
2: um, Number one was very the same as hers. I wanted someone uh, who knew God. Um, You know, I had gotten born again March 10th of 1996. So I knew that I had to have someone that understood um, the word of God or was at least living it and was spirit-filled. You know, I had uh, been praying in tongues from the time I got born again. So I wanted a spirit-filled woman that prayed in tongues. Um, uh, also a giver. I was an extreme giver. Uh we still give. So I knew that I needed someone that wasn't gonna uh, if I can say punk out at the checkbook when it came time to give back to God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one for me, I was already starting a business when I met Crystal. Mm-hmm. In fact, she was so uh, taken by it that she even sold a seed into my startup business at the time. So I was already in entrepreneurship and, and hustling. I wanted a hustler like me, I hustled uh, legally. So um, she was a hustler. Uh, The second thing or the third thing was big for me was uh, your health. I needed someone that was going to take care of themselves, uh, someone that valued um, their look. Um, Not that every, you know, that wasn't, you know, because beauty is vain, but I did want someone that took care of themselves and cared for their, you know, themselves. So um, it was very similar. It's amazing. And remember now, I'm living... This walk with Crystal without ever seeing her. So I have to trust that when God told me and I deed her, because He showed me her identification, that I'm going to walk this out with her. So after we met the very first time, I called Crystal up and I said, Listen, I've already met 13 other ladies before you. Mm -hmm. They all had good traits, good virtues, something good about them, but they weren't for me. Mm -hmm. And I, didn't give them the time that I had planned to give Crystal. Mm-hmm. And so uh, things were, I called her up and just said, hey, listen, all I want to do is make action for a commitment mm-hmm. just to get to know you.
0: That's beautiful. And she said
2: yes. And, you know, in six months, uh, we did it.
0: All right. And we got good. married. Look, this is an incredible love story. I'm with you, Nika. The the legal hustle for me is what Nika said. I'm with her, the legal hustle. I like that clarification. But what is beautiful about this story is the willingness to keep God at the center of it, you know, and not bring him on the ride, but make him a part of the experience, prioritize the relationship around what he was asking and demanding of you as believers. And I honor you for doing that because I'm telling you, there are a lot of people who will Shortchange themselves because loneliness gets real. There are a lot of people who will shortchange themselves and know that someone doesn't measure up to the caliber that they would stop on girl number six instead of waiting to girl number 14 because they are willing to compromise. And so I think the testimony that you guys illuminate so strongly is the power of staying resolved to your commitment resolved to your expectation resolved to the things that you know god has called you to do that you know your assignments are in making sure that when i yoke up with you you the right one to bring value to what it is I'm already doing. There's a song by Let I don't know if you ever heard it, but it's um, How You Gonna Add to Me. If you never heard that song, go listen to that song because it is an incredible message that says I got it going on. And so there's certain things I don't need you to do for me, but how are you going to add to me? How are you going to add to what's happening? And I love the standards that each of you set. Powerful testimony. All right, let's keep it moving here. Now, Crystal, you've been married a number of years now. And what is also incredible about your story, which we will unpack is this whole love again element that you both have found love again. And there is something about taking yourself on that journey past the heartbreak the brokenness and everything that comes when you tried to love and it didn't work out and mustering up the courage to love again and that's probably one of the things that fed into you being like now look I got the you know your list going down yes. because you realized what you didn't want to deal with anymore but when I if I could take you back to your wedding day what did you treasure most about that day
1: wow um on my wedding day, one thing that I treasure most is um, Ronnie and I stayed true to ourselves and we, um, we stayed obedient to God. So what do I mean by that? Is during our dating process, Holy Spirit had um, revealed to us, he gave us insight concerning battles that we would face mm-hmm. and that those battles would be from those closest to us, from our family. And, it, 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 and so from that, we made a decision in the dating process to guard our union, to protect that marriage. before, And that's protecting the, the seed before it was actually born. It's like protecting your baby. So what we did is on our wedding day, people knew that we were engaged, but we did not share our wedding date, our time, location, logistics. No one was invited to that. We were already married to God. We married each other on that day. And some people did not find out until 30, 60, 90, or even a year later. So, what I cherish about my wedding day and that I will celebrate again on March 12th is that we stayed true to ourselves. We stayed obedient to God. We didn't compromise because we knew of the battles and some of the people that we wanted to be, that we would have invited, we've done it our way would be the same ones that later show their true intent and their true feelings toward our union. Mm -hmm. So we did it with us. We continue on our anniversary to do it just with us and God. So that's what I treasure most.
0: Okay, I love that. I love how you all made it about you, prioritized Mm -hmm. what you wanted. I think also, you know, In a love again scenario, and you validate this for me, but in a love again scenario, some of those things you thought were important for that day, you realize they really aren't that important for that day. Ooh, and I believe yeah, yeah. that it makes you anchor in on what do you really value most and what do you really need? And it sounds like you guys were able to etch, etch away the things mm-hmm. that were not necessary or valued and figure out exactly what you wanted and who who needed to know about it, even yes. for that time frame. That's that's beautiful. So now, Rodney, let me ask you this question. When you think about your journey to love again, what was the hardest hurdle to get past to open yourself up to love? And in what ways did you grow personally?
2: Uh, great question, Denise. I would say the biggest uh, hurdle I had to overcome was self. Mm-hmm. Willing to open up again and trust. Um, That was my greatest challenge, you know. I I didn't want to play the games. Um, I was a no-nonsense guy, Um, but it was mainly myself, you know, the fear of disappointment, or is she the one again? So it was really, um, and I and it all goes back to how God revealed Crystal to me, that allowed me to open up and give her, if you can say, the chance um, that you know I, I didn't settle with other people but I've learned from that is that there's still hope. That's why health is so important because he who has health has hope and he who has hope has everything. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that I value from the the let's do let's let's try this again. It's not giving up. Mm-hmm. It was uh you know, that greatest hurdle was just myself and open up to trust again.
0: And so what were some of the things that you were intentional about doing to help you get over that hurdle?
2: Well, first of all, um, I had to go and just spend time with God and go talk to someone. Um, I went to counseling. You know, I wanted to know, was there a flaw within me that I didn't know about? So being able to go and talk to someone, and you know, as a man, that's not an easy thing to do, uh, to go sit down and say, hey, you know, um, let me go get some counseling. So I did that for me so that I could be a better person and know more about me. You know, my, my last marriage, I was young, you know, I, you know, I just didn't have the uh, knowledge of who I was, really was at that time. So um, counseling helped, being able to uh, go to God and talk to God and let God reveal things about me.
0: Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And I appreciate you sharing that because you're right. Oftentimes it is a struggle to get men to give consideration to counseling. And I appreciate your testimony on that um, because it does make a world of difference just to have someone to talk to, to help you sort through. Um, I think we feel like it it lessens us in some way when really it's just someone to be able to help you process what it is that you're wondering and swirling about. That help is very valuable. So thank you for sharing that. So Crystal, tell me uh, one of the things I know to be true is that loving again requires you to be vulnerable right especially Mm -hmm. when as a woman you know when we try love we're all in on it you know and so when you go through that experience of having to face that it didn't work out for whatever reason, for, you know, whatever caused it. At this point, it doesn't matter because you're on the other side of it trying to figure out how to pick up the pieces of your life, right? And opening yourself up to be vulnerable again is a really big deal. What was key for you in your journey of being vulnerable and being able to love again?
1: Yes. Um, vulnerability definitely involves emotional transparency. Mm-hmm. To be um, involves emotional exposure. So, in my first marriage, my emotions stayed packed. I never unpacked emotionally. Mm-hmm. So, when something popped off, I was already packed, and the bags were at the dough. So, I'm out of here. You know. But in this, through that divorce and going to counseling, we re- rededicated my life back to Christ, finding my purpose. When I met Rodney, I was in a different headspace. So I shared with him, I could tell him my battles, where they came from, my current state, my desire. But by being transparent with Rodney, I tapped into what God had equipped him for to assist me as a healing partner in my emotional journey. So yes, I had to be honest. I had to talk about me, not play these guessing games and make you try to figure out, well, how, where's she at today and what's going on? I shared those painful places in our dating process mm-hmm. to make sure that he was aware on what he was signing up for mm-hmm. and to make sure that he was ready and willing to partner with me in this healing journey. So yes, um, that's what's made a major difference in this marriage. And of course, when I got married at 23 in my first marriage, I didn't know these things, but you fell forward, you learn, you do better. And you make better choices. Mm -hmm. So definitely, again, I've said the word before, Mm self-intimacy, knowing yourself, falling in love with yourself again. But knowing yourself is not just knowing all the great things that you are, but where where are your pain points? Mm -hmm. Where does does it still hurt? Mm -hmm. And where are you willing to open and share with the man that God placed into your life so that he can make a decision if he wants to partner with you on your healing
0: journey? That's beautiful. You know, one of the things that is difficult is revealing your scars. (laughs) It's very difficult to do that. And recognizing that he was a safe place for you to be able to share emotionally and intimately um, is powerful because a lot of people don't know what to do with that. Right. They, they really don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to show up in that. And I think your relationships with God, the ones that each of you had individually, is a very val- valuable aspect of how you were able to connect and, and really deal with that. Because it is it is deep when someone is being so raw and so transparent about what they're feeling and what they're experiencing but it also helps me understand the intimacy of your relationship why you are so drawn and connected to one another because if you are willing to go there to tarry there, to get past the exterior and go deeper into what's really going on with each other, it interweaves you guys in a way that kind of knits you so well together. Um, And and that is so powerful and it's beautiful at the same time. And so I think that testimony is really good, but I will tell you, I I know firsthand, it's hard to reveal those scars, right? It takes a lot of courage to get to the point where you start talking about what's really going on with you and what you really experience and what pain you really got to get over. And so I commend you uh, for being able to, to take that journey now now I can understand a little bit better when Crystal shows up and says well Rodney just had we have communion I was like communion that was throwing me off like we're talking about different things and he said well, well he helps me we have communion and I was like I cannot wait to ask about this communion and so Rodney help me understand because it is a go-to for you It is a go-to for you to bring stability into your family, into your household with your wife, and she loves it. Uh, and uh, you know how I know she know cuz she talks about it she talks about how you will yeah, have yeah. communion with her and so how did you get on the wavelength of inter- introducing more than prayer more than affirmation but saying baby i'm about to get the communion table out and we're about to have a blessing in a very
2: unique way um communion is is so vital to marriage um you know the bible talks about that Christ died for the church. And that husband, you ought to love your wives as Christ loved the church and laid his life down for it. So anytime we face battles and challenges, um, even in, even before I met Crystal, I was in my singleness. You know, if I dealt with some things on the job or whatever it was, I hey, let me go get my communion cup and put in remembrance of what has already been done. Mm -hmm. So anytime we had challenges in the marriage, and as you know, as Crystal was unpacking her emotions and sharing things with me, those things I had nothing to do with, and they were going to be more than I could handle on my own. Mm -hmm. So what I had to do is bring into remembrance that Christ has already taken care of this Mm -hmm. and keep the mindset that, hey, listen, this, this battle is not mine alone. Let me let God help me and give me the wisdom and grace to love her because that's what she needed and I could love the hell out of her mm-hmm. if I knew and kept in remembrance of what Jesus is already doing. So uh, the communion reminds me of marriage. Uh, it it gives me the fortitude to stay with time when I didn't think I could take this anymore. and. Even without her, and we were going through some things, or I'd be out of town on the road working or something, and we'd have a disagreement, you know, I go get communion Mm -hmm. and said, Hey, Lord, I put you in remembrance of the cup and of the bread of life. Mm -hmm. And that you would help me, and no matter what our battle is, it's not big enough because it was what I believe and still believe, this is what's gonna keep my marriage together.
0: It is powerful. I, I'm mm. not gonna lie. I got chills going down my arms because it is a powerful expression that a lot of people back off of. Mm. I, I, I'm being for real. A lot of people think that's the deacon job. The deacon do the communion. Okay, for yeah. you to be willing to understand the principles of it and to bring it within your own realm, within your own practice within your own like something going on here is one of my weapons right here is one of the ways that I slay the devil and what's happening is to know that I have the gifting to be able to administer this to my home it is like you have truly embraced being the priest of your home right? And we hear that often, but it's like you have embraced it in a way to say, I have an accountability and a responsibility here. Is that something someone taught you? Is that some, or you just, it was a revelation that came to you.
2: Well, um, it, it it all began from, of course, the, the word of God, mm-hmm. but God showed me how to pack. And when I say pack, it's like carrying uh, a concealed weapons permit. The permit is his word. The communion is the firepower that I need to stop anything. So even in our greatest battles and moments we've had, we had some very intense moments in the process of becoming one, which we're still in the process of. So I still need that firepower when I come up against things. Now it helps to make things, it has gotten easier over the years, But when you're in that process of becoming one, it is not something that I think we as men need to fight on our own, because I believe my number one job is to protect her. Mm -hmm. I'm a protector. I I have to go and accept the priesthood of the relationship as the head of this house Mm -hmm. and deal with God. And God is going to hold me responsible of protecting her and being a provider, not just a provider of finances. Crystal was that already. She could take care of herself very well. So she didn't need a man for that. What I'm here to do is to provide in other areas to make her a better person, a better woman, make her more virtuous and bring out those virtues that God showed me. So the communion consistently helps me to bring out virtue of this woman that he revealed to me in a of word back in 2009. So, um, it was just something that God just gave me, uh, out of a battle said, Hey, go get communion. Mm. That and, is incredible. and that's how I started.
0: That, that is incredible. I'm sitting here trying to pull up the scripture. Um, Because I think God is, he is always so sovereign and he never ceases to amaze me. What we think is coincidence is not, it is God. So just give me one second, um, because as you were talking and for this night to be earmarked love, as you were talking about how you go into battle and how you uh, think about your role it made me think about what the Bible tells us about love, because I say it all the time and I believe that is true. Love is sacrifice. Love has nothing to do with us. Love is how am I willing to show up? What am I willing to do? How uh, how am I willing to give? How am I willing to serve? And so I just want to read the definition in light of what you shared. It says that love is patient and love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres in that love never fails. And so as you were talking, it made me think about how you are working to take on the priesthood of your home in a way that it truly reflects what the Bible tells us love is. And kudos, my brother, kudos to you. Okay. Kudos, kudos yes. to you because I can hear the passion in your voice, in the ownership that you take for the relationship that you not only have with God, but for your role in what you need to be to her in taking it so very seriously that you're not going to be caught slipping on the job. And if it means that I need to go get the communion cup, because that's part of my warfare um, arsenal, then that's what I'm going to do. And to me, that is tremendously beautiful and it is powerful. That is why I love having these conversations without practice because I can get excited when I hear the story. And I hope that that translates to everyone who is listening. We don't have no practice, we show yeah. up and we share. And this to me is beautiful. So kudos. Kudos, kudos to you. Now, I want to shift a little bit. Crystal, one of the things that you have shared and one of the things that I see in how you show up is how you are entrepreneurs and working together. Now, it can be difficult working together. It can be very difficult. It can put the pressure on all that love I just talked about. okay? Um, because in working together, you're flowing in your gifts. You have expectations of business. You have expectations of how that is going to go. So when you are working together, what kind of demands do you see that that partnering puts on love?
1: That's a great question. And I'll go back to the um, something we stated earlier is that and our non-negotiables, we knew that we wanted someone that we could do business with, okay? So we knew we wanted someone we can do business with. We wanted business partners in the marriage and that we also knew ourselves to know what we're called to do. One of the demands that being co-preneurs put on our marriages, we need to get to learn each other's strengths and our development opportunities. So we took a whole lot of communion when we became, <laughs> when we started doing business together. We were like, hold up, hold up. What, what are we doing here? You know. And so I had to learn um, Rodney's strengths and his um, up areas of development, and likewise, he had to learn that for me. So, being a Type A personality, anybody that's familiar with DISC assessments, let's just use that. I'm the High D, and so, and I'm ready. I got the instructions. I'm ready to run with it. And then I'm looking like, OK, my husband is analytical. You know, he's a unique blend, but he he's a thinker and he's an analytic, analytic person, which really helps me to slow down. But so the demands that it put on our marriage is that anytime doing business together is another level in, in the marriage. So you want to make sure you have a firm foundations and opportunities where we need it where we, um, where we had alignment concerning finance and marriage, mm-hmm. we need to now have that same alignment and strategy around business finances. Mm-hmm. So there was opportunities for us to create, you know, like certain meeting times, business, like, hey, this is business time, we need to set a business appointment, let's have this discussion, but on vice versa is being able to cut the business off on a decent time of the day mm-hmm. so we can go back and be, love a us, you know what I mean? So I can't say, hey baby, and not be like, "Um, did you do this, did you do that? And I've been a, a recovering working-holic is that I had to cut off my, my work day and switch gears and be the wife and talk and just talk to him and not do that. So it was definitely an opportunity to learn each other's strengths and to also make those adjustments because, you know, um, and when to set those healthy boundaries around work and not bring it in, in the evenings and in the bedroom, you know, and those type of things. So definitely, because if not, there's great strain, great stress mm-hmm. and great pressure.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And when
1: that comes now, you've opened up the door to allow Satan to come in because where stress, pressure and strain means that fear is there. So we need to pause when we see fears present and make sure that we have that alignment with our CEO, Mm -hmm. Jehovah Jireh. Mm
0: -hmm. That's good, that's good. I often say, Um, When you put pressure on the thing, what's in it is what comes out. And that's why Mm -hmm. making the appropriate investments is so Mm -hmm. important so that it can withstand the pressure and being able to to navigate that together is not an easy task. It is not easy to be in partnership in business and um, be doing, especially from an entrepreneur. It's one thing if it's your side hustle, but if this is the thing, right, you know, our livelihood and how we are uh, providing for our, our, our family and providing for ourselves that makes a huge difference. Now we're coming around the corner so if anyone watching has questions and want to throw them in the Q&A functionality you could do that I'll pick it up there but I want to ask this Rodney from the outside looking in you got it together right and so if there was someone who was on the line who was struggling in their marriage. What advice would you give husbands who are struggling in their relationships?
2: Great question. Um, I wanna share with you an incident that I had when I was struggling, because there are real moments where we have to push past the struggle. Um, Crystal and I had had a falling out or disagreement and we were supposed to go out of town together. and. I decided I'm not going. I'm staying home. So she went on. And I remember going and talking to God, saying, Lord, you know, I don't know how much of this I'm going to be able to deal with. And, you know, and I'm just going on. And I heard these words in my spirit. It said, empty your cup. Hmm. Okay. What do you mean? Empty your cup of yourself and allow me to fill you with the grace to love her. Hmm. And when I, accepted that, then I began to cre- have creative ways to love her and to give into her and not be so much about myself. And that was the the thing that when I was struggling with the marriage from a man perspective, that God said, you need to empty yourself, your cup of self, and let me fill that with grace to love her. Wow. So I would say to, to any men that are out there Um, marriage is what God loves and he brought that woman into your life for a reason. You married her. So uh, of course, there is a level of love you have for her. And don't allow it to just be a palliative, but allow yourself to to let open who you really are. Because in most times when we go and pray, thinking we're going to pray on my wife, God deals with me and God deals with me and says, that's not your responsibility. Christo mm-hmm. is my responsibility, you do your duties. And that is the things to take care of her and the things that he graced me to do. So uh, I found out the biggest challenge for me uh, when I was struggling, it was really issues that I just needed to deep, de- go on the inside and deal with myself about. Wow. And, so uh and then, but when I opened up to that, God began to give me, I, I mean, it just unusual ways to do things for her that wasn't even about me. He constantly kept her on my mind to do for her. And when I've done that, it has not failed we could get through those moments, uh, have good makeup time, uh just, you know, uh just it's it grew. It It grew when you get past the strong.
0: She's in about the makeup time now. (laughs) All right. She got big grand when you said that.
2: (laughs) Yes, indeed. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) All right. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate every last word of that and the transparency that you shared. So, Crystal, what would you say? What advice would you give to women who are struggling in their relationship, in their marriage?
1: The advice that I would give would be definitely my experience. And that is, there's times when I've struggled in my marriage and when I've struggled in my marriage, when I went back to self-care and self-love, when I went back to self-intimacy to make sure, am I taking care of myself? Did I overcommit? Did I... Did I um agree to something that I did not have the space and the bandwidth to do. Therefore, I'm running on half empty. So then I come to my husband and now I'm giving him half of me because I've overcommitted in the area. So the first thing I would say to wives is check yourself first, mm-hmm. see where you, where you are on your self-care and self-love journey, make sure that you haven't overextended yourself and therefore what you're experiencing is because you're at a low place because we give out of our overflow. Mm-hmm. You need to be full just to do what you're called to do. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I'll make sure that before I'm putting a finger at him, I'm looking to make sure I'm still in alignment with God, spiritual intimacy. Mm-hmm. Did I turn left and Holy Spirit was still saying, go right. Mm-hmm. So where did I make a wrong turn and I need to own it. So then I can then have that conversation. So I've noticed in my journey, when I go back to those first two things, now it's different if someone is, it's, it's, if you're in a, a abusive relationship of violence, we never advocate that, right. but I'm saying that when you are, when, when, when you're in a struggle, check yourself first, mm. make sure that you are all things, all cylinders are own. And then, and spend time with God first before you start pointing to your husband and what he's not doing and what, what, what you need from him and making sure that, so that's my recommendation. Typically in those areas, when I start there first, I, I'm, I'm so full with directions and insight that Holy Spirit has given me that I don't have time to go talk to him about him. You know what I mean? Work on me. Mm, so that's wonderful. my response.
0: That That's powerful. You know, one of the things I say often is we got to be willing to grow personally in order to soar relationally. We have to be willing to take that journey. And when I look at or listen to um, what you both have said as as help for someone struggling, it really is about the personal growth. My testimony aligns with that as well. When I was busy trying to figure out what he was doing wrong or wasn't doing right, I had some things that I needed to get together. And my relationship got a whole heck of a lot better when I was willing to take that personal growth journey, when I was willing to invest in getting the support and the help and the guidance and the direction and the wisdom and the mentoring and take advantage of all the things that was going to help little immature Denise grow up a little something, something right. That's when I saw the shift in the transition happen. And oftentimes if there are difficult moments, you are spot on. I got to go back and check where am I at in this thing? You know, because we typically reflect, defect, and infect what's going on based on what's going on with us. And so I think your advice is powerful. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sharing it. Now, Crystal, congrats on your latest project. Um, empowered to win. You impart wisdom and experience with your finding love again by starting within story. I think your entire testimony tonight kind of emulates a little of probably what you have shared in the project, but please give us some insight into the work that you just brought onto the scene.
1: You're exactly right. Most of my answers is, are exactly what I've shared in my book. So first of all, I want to give a shout out to our visionary author and publisher, Allison G. Daniels, and then my 14 co-authors. Our, our book was released on January 27th. It hit international bestselling list on the 24 hours. So thank you, Jesus, for that. And my chapter is finding love again, finding love um, and starting within, finding love again by starting within. And so my chapter is really telling my self love growth journey, mm-hmm. starting with growing up with an absentee father and battling a broken heart and fear of rejection and abandonment and taking that journey to discovering, to receiving Jesus, discovering my purpose, and then falling in love with me first. I've mentioned self-intimacy. And then also spiritual intimacy, understanding what I'm called to do, understanding my identity in Christ. He could see my identity because I knew my identity. Mm,
0: That's good. He can't see what
1: I don't already show and walk in. Mm. So by that, then I was able to attract and discover unconditional love set healthy boundaries in other relationships that I've alluded to in our conversation, and then also make better decisions around all relationships so that not can only be self-care and self-love for me, protect the union that God has blessed me with and still complete my assignment here on earth. So that's my chapter. I hope everyone has a chance to go to my website, crystalnewkirk.com and purchase my book.
0: That's awesome. Now that is just one thing you do. Um, I also am a multi-passionate person and that means I have a lot of things going on as well. You are a multi-passionate person and you have a lot of things going on too. So if there's anything else that you want to share about how you show up, please take time to do that yes i
1: um i we we also own above hr solutions so that is a hr consulting and coaching firm so we partner with fortune 500 companies provide diversity recruitment talent acquisition and affirmative action planning um, assistance with those companies as well as um, government contracting companies and as i mentioned about the book and in addition to that i'm I also am crystal the coach so i also love and very passionate about assisting a as inspiring entrepreneurs how to launch and for those that are already seasoned how to grow their business. I am a volunteer with SCORE and I'm a VP of HR there. And again, just giving back to the community. So yep. Yeah, so that that's the, the coaching part. And I could the list could go on, but the, the key thing and the key takeaway is that definitely visiting um, crystalnewkirk.com and, and definitely help us to continue to spread the word and purchase our book or get the ebook and share love, share the stories with other people that you feel that they may need, that they're looking for love again. And you know that one of the answers could be starting with themselves and starting with self-love. When self-love is there, you'll make better decisions around who you allow into your intimate space.
0: Awesome, awesome,
2: Ronnie. Anything to add from your standpoint? Uh I mean, it's uh, first of all, I told you she's a hustler. It's <laughs> something I love about it. Uh, uh, but you know, for us, um, you know, I do real estate as well. Um, that keeps me busy when I'm not busy. I've been a, a UA pipe pitter for over thirty years now. Um, I still do that uh, on special assignments as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we, we, we got a lot of dynamics that we are, we, we do in our home uh, because of we're still in the process of becoming one. You can expect bigger and better things for us. Uh, we're looking to, uh, to dominate financially, so we're still growing up and growing and building our financial muscle to be able to do more than we're doing right now. Um, I mean, there's just so much uh, that when we met, we knew that we were able to come and, and grow as a power couple. Um, I I love Crystal dearly, just because of I've seen her just grow over these years and just seen her flourish and I've watched her pain and hugged her when she cried and kissed her and just seen her just, just Blow up more or less. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you know, it's it's always good to share our story to be able to let people know that hey, there there is hope. And I'll be honest with you, there are times I I sit down and say I didn't know that I could be this happy mm-hmm. in life. That's
0: beautiful. There are
2: just some some moments that. You know, what love has just done for us, uh, you know, even through those challenging moments.
0: You know, I didn't know a lot about your story, your testimony, your call and your mission. But I do want to share this with you. This morning when I got out of the shower, I heard very clearly the Lord gave me a scripture and I didn't understand at the time why he was saying that to me. But after spending time with you guys tonight, I'm just going to share what he said to me this morning which is the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow to it. And he kept saying that to me and I kept thinking, but well, we talking about love, you know. <laughs> like, why are you saying that? And so, understanding now, the mission and the call on your life and how you have embraced it. You know, not many people... You're gonna make me slip into my embracing your power, but not many people are bold enough to keep the vision of seeing themselves successful as big as saying, I am here to have financial dominance. That's a that's a huge statement. Usually, by the time dominance gets out of the word out of your mouth, a butt follows and you start shrinking it down to something else. I have heard you guys consistently go back to that as the vision, and I will leave it with this. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow to it. So let's close out. Mm -hmm. Let's close out with this. Um, Mm -hmm. Each and every episode I close out tapping into wisdom as if we haven't had enough, but I close out tapping into wisdom with my LLH questions where we go deep on life, love, and happiness. And so let me ask each of you these questions. If you could tell your younger self about life, what would you tell your younger self as a life wisdom? I would start with you, Crystal definitely
1: say, um, dream big, believe bigger, face your fears, and then do it afraid. Those things that I'm doing now, it took muscle and building my faith to be able to get to that place. But it all start with that dream and believing, seeing it, and then taking action to face it.
0: That's beautiful, Rodney, What would you tell your younger self about life if you could? What's your life wisdom?
2: Um, don't be afraid to take risk. Uh, progress involves risk. So many people don't progress because they are afraid of taking risk. Um, I would take greater risk if I were younger. The other thing is that I've learned that I would say about life is don't sweat the small things in life. There's just some things that don't deserve a certain amount of attention span. Some things need a short attention span and move on. Mm -hmm. Um, Those things have, uh, as I've gotten older, has helped me to realize that uh, there's some things we're not in control of and those things that we can control. We control them with a, a, a responsibility and be responsible for what you're in control of.
0: That's good. That's really good. Love wisdom. What would you tell your younger self about love if you could, Rodney?
2: Sex. Wow. Be patient. Uh, don't, Um, Be cautious. There's nothing wrong with being cautious and being patient. Um, Take the time to learn more about yourself. Learn what you love about you. Um, So many times, you know, in my situation, you know, I was involved and thought I was in love at an early age. And I remember having a conversation with my daughter once when she was in college. And I shared with her about not getting caught up too soon as she's on her road to pursue her goals. Because love or, quote, emotional relationships can be a distraction for a season, and it pulls people off. And to stay in the fun season of life for, for seasons as you're going towards your goal, and love will come. Mm-hmm. Because God is love, and he know that we all need love and deserve to be loved.
0: That's good. Crystal, what would you tell your younger self about love if you could?
1: I definitely, Elko, one thing that Rodney has stated, in and that is, and I've mentioned earlier, I, I'm a huge proponent of knowing yourself and loving yourself first. And I realized in my journey that that self-intimacy, knowing you, knowing what's great about you, falling in love with you, and then secondly, the spiritual intimacy, knowing who you are, I'm a daughter of the high king. And then you wouldn't tolerate certain mess that we have, knowing who we are and what we're called to do. So I know that true, unconditional, agape love definitely starts in your self-love and then also your father's love. Then when you select that right person for you, you won't compromise because you'll be so loved, so good, you know that that's not for you. And you can just say, no,
0: thank you. It's beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. And then finally, your happiness wisdom. What would you tell your younger self about happiness if you could, Crystal?
1: Definitely t- tell my younger self that happiness is definitely a fleeting moment. Find your true joy in life. Find those things that that's joy that when that's there, that's deep down on, inside. And then get those joy anchors around you because the ride is bumpy. There's a lot of turbulence. But when you keep your joy anchors there, then I know that I, I you will not succumb to all of those losses and, those, and the turbulence that you will experience in this journey of life. Mm-hmm.
0: That's good. That is good. Look, on Christ, a solid rock I stand, girl. <laughs> That's
1: <all> right <laughs> About to sing.
0: <laughs> all right, Rodney. Um, happiness wisdom. What would you tell your younger self about happiness if you could?
2: Um pay attention when you're not happy. Ooh. That's an indicator that something could be seriously going on. Mm. Don't don't push past moments that don't keep you happy. Mm. Um, and and don't worry about trying to make everybody else happy mm. because there's something you just can't, you're not in control of. But I've learned that. When my happiness has been challenged, I need to stop and ask questions.
0: Mm, that is so I need scary. to be
2: cautious. I need to, I need to begin to have a, a keener sense of what's going on around me that's attacking my happiness. Mm. So why why aren't I happy in this situation? Why aren't I happy in my job? Why am I not happy in my marriage? What is going on that's challenging my happiness? because we all deserve to be happy.
0: Woo, that 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 nugget right there mate. Crystal, you are right, he is an analytical person because <laughs> because that is the question that is going to take you deep to be reflective about what it is you need to take responsibility for to make sure you don't find yourself unhappy again. This by far, was an incredible conversation. It has exceeded all of my expectations. I want to thank you both for sharing so transparently of your love of God, your love of one another. I want to just thank you for being here and inviting your friends uh, to be a part of it. Now, I do want to say this. Success looks so good on you. It looks so good on you. And thank you for shining a bright light on love and being willing to live out loud because it is that, ta- that testimony that's going to make a difference from everyone that is watching, especially with people of integrity and people who um, are, are showing up authentically. So thank you so much for doing that. Now, I do have one thing to say. As this ship got moving, I realized that my streaming had the names for yesterday. So I want to apologize in advance because if you go and look and be like, that would, that's not our name. I want to apologize to you guys in advance because I was at the point of, do I have to shut it all down and start over? But I want to make sure I acknowledge that to you. So if you go online and you see it, you're like, that's not my name. The, the ship had left sail when I realized that it had not refreshed. So please, please grant me forgiveness in that. Thank you both. Thank you so very much. I appreciate you and have a good night. I hope people will come back. We got some great conversations for the rest of the week. I have enjoyed the new Kirk's. They have truly proven they are ride or dies
2: for love. Yes, we are. Bye. Good night. Good night.
0: (laughs) Well, that's it, beautiful. Thank you for tuning in. Don't ever forget that you are truly blessed with life, love, and all the happiness your heart can hold. Be relentless in building a life you love without apology. I'm Denise Taylor, and you can always find me in our free Facebook community. It's Embrace Your Power, easy to find. Now, be sure to rate and review this podcast and share it with a friend and make sure you subscribe so that we can stay connected each week. And remember, God has not given us a spirit of fear. He gave us power. So be sure to always embrace your power and go.